For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. <laughs> and we've started. I used to manage. Have, have we started? Have we, we used to manage started. a band from Ireland. So is, is this thing on? This it's on, man. <laughs> it's fucking on, it's dude. Fucking on, what the it? fuck are you oh, doing? Right. What the uh, fuck are you talking about? It's hot. I think, it's it's, I think at some point this is cultural appropriation. We are. <laughs> feel, feel strange. We are. Thought that was your people. Yeah. It's my people too. Fuck it. <laughs> it's not my pupil. My pupils are all right. I'm just a little drunk. <laughs> all right. I like the Guinness. <laughs> oh, no. We're not, we're, you're fucking from Ireland. <laughs> well, never mind. I don't quite like the <laughs> <laughs> A lot of pressure for Alan. Oh, introductions. Welcome to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And here's yet another episode of Untapped in Vinyl. And so we have Monk, Sammy Wilde, and... Do you remember Dustin Gibson from Months and What? What? Who let him in? What the fuck? I don't know. You guys left the door unlocked. Gross. He came in with a cat when I left the cat in. Or- <laughs> yeah, that's, I that's it's it's, it's literally what the cat, cat drugged in. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's literally what the cat drugged in. But I brought Gerst, so I think that that Woo-hoo! qualifies me for uh, untapped and final. You guys hear this? This is live. Live. Cheers. Everybody's got... Well, I don't think Alan and I Get up in here. Oh, shit. I mean... Lots of cheers and so it's been a while. Cheers is a technical. It's been a while since Dustin's been on, and last time we were on, we were talking about this idea of slinging beard oils, and he is the soap maker. I am. I'm the head of production at Munson Brothers, maker of the soaps and other accoutrement. Accoutrement. That's a fun word. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I make soap at Munson Brothers. That's a, that's a good And point. on top of that, Dustin is also a musician. I am. And on top of that... Actually, I know a musician. A ma- magician? Yeah, a magician. Card playing. But no shit. He man. went to college for that. Show me some shit, dude. He's a musician, yeah. magician. Yeah. And also on top of that, he was recently <laughs> nominated for his... Oh, uh, yeah, it's a nomination. The Big Easy Theater Awards. I was nominated for uh, the Best Set Design of 2018. Didn't win it, but I was nominated. Sure. It's like not winning a Grammy, you know? Sure. I've never been nominated for shit, so props to you, dude. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. And when I heard that, I was extremely proud of you, man. Oh, man. I worked up a, a whole acceptance speech in case I could have won, or won, and you were uh, you were a lead mention in that. I want to thank all the little people, you know? Awesome. <laughs> like my mom and Alan. <laughs> That's where I was going with that. Well, it's yeah. like the big people, then the little people, which yeah. would be Alan, because your mom's got to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that was what was going to confuse them. They were like, who's Alan? You know, that's what they were <laughs> no last name, yeah. just Alan. Just who is this Alan? Mom yeah. and Alan. Yeah. If you don't know Alan, well, you can find him on the internet. He hosts his podcast. On the YouTubes. <laughs> on the YouTubes as well. Facebooks. Yeah. Deep, deep. Alright, we're kicking off this untapped and final episode, and uh, we're clearly untapped. Oh man, bottles are popping. Is that how you guys say it? 
No. Yeah, saying, I've never said bottles of poppin'. Well, you know, we're saying it now. Heard it. Shit to poppin', maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get the battles rolling. Oh, so man. how do we want to start this thing off? Let's uh, pick up where the last untapped and vinyl left off. Let's talk a little bit about this rock and roll scene. Mm. We can spend some time off with Greta Van Fleet once again, but I would like to focus a little more time on, like, there is not this resurgence of a band, like, in the now that is really taking hold of I'm the face of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's strange. I think that um, the... the the like Sammy was saying, the face of rock and roll as far as the radio industry is concerned, is a group of guys who are who who are just a stage moniker for a predecessor like Led Zeppelin. And I think you know I don't have anything against Greta Van Fleet. They're talented guys. I like their music, but I think that if the way to make it in rock and roll is to sound like an old rock and roller, I think that's kind of depressing. Uh, I think on one level, but I think on another level. We have to figure out as musicians how to how to play the game. You know, the reason why someone encouraged them to do that is because someone knew they could make a lot of money off of that. Right. And I think that because always in the back of your mind, I'd love it if we made it. Yeah, and and I well, I can I can take a screwdriver to the back of a synthesizer and make all sorts of crazy noise. But like Sammy said on the break, if I don't sound good coming after the Almond Brothers. Then you know I might not get any airtime. I think uh, you, I mean I'm I'm the counterpoint to the radio industry because I'm yeah you're like I'm, you're just, I'm the musician you're, just, you're here, a musician so, yeah so uh, this is talking about it from a different kind of perspective and I don't know maybe you guys from the from the biz can maybe uh, confirm or deny that I mean is, is it could we as um, up and coming indie rockers punk rockers rock and rollers whatever you want to call us. Um, maybe see more success or more playability on the radio and that sort of thing if we were to maybe work more classical classic classic rock themes into our work I mean I don't know if you sounded um, like a previously existing rock yeah band. I mean I don't even know how to do that I just like say, I don't even I, know how to sound like the me stones. personally I say do what you do and shoot for the fucking moon yeah, right and don't worry about it don't worry about yeah. what's being played on the radio right now I mean, have your own sound, do your own thing. I mean, if it comes out sounding like Led Zeppelin, then I mean, so be it. It's just right. that's what influenced you, or it comes out sounding like Muddy Waters, right? You know. Ooh. But people would rather know that that's actually what you yeah, you was, sound like. Yeah, what people though? Because I think the interesting thing is that with the success of Greta Van Fleet, I think what that told uh, offensively a lot of us in the gigging market was the people, the people voted in, in rating speak you know and, and they said no they'd rather hear they'd rather hear uh, some a Led Zeppelin cover who can sound like Robert Plant oh. than a guy who can sound like himself well well, alright so Greta Van Fleet okay I work at all 101.7 and we don't play Greta Van Fleet you don't <laughs> so you know, right I mean, okay, maybe that's it. So yeah, it yeah. didn't, it didn't, it didn't transfer over. It mm-hmm. went, it went strictly to the people who play Led Zeppelin. So maybe that's a, maybe oh, that's cool. a, a corporate programming thing. Interesting that they thought, well, we're going to go because we don't play not one song by Greta Van Fleet, no, which is why you were saying I think last episode because um, I don't know who they are. Yeah, so really, really I mean, I've heard a song or two or three that Sammy's played, but I've not really like ventured into the yeah, whole yeah, record. Yeah, you yeah. know. 
Interesting. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And again, not that I or you know any of the the, the scene that I that I'm involved in is necessarily trying to focus on getting a lot of radio play per se. Um, but I think that that's trying kind of to thing, get our music out. Yeah, I think we're just trying. To, we're all trying to be our own hustle, but also really worry about the integrity artistically of what we're trying to put out there. Like I said earlier, I don't really know how I, I've. I remember when I was like, you know, in my 20s and really mainly more as a teenager when I was learning to play guitar, I obsessed, learning to play music in general, I was obsessed about maybe like trying to pick a band that I thought I could sound like and, and sounding like them. And imitate you know? them. Imitate them. And I think that everyone does that at some place. But when I started writing songs and started thinking about, man, I'd like to work with this drummer or I heard this bass player and man, if I could, I went to like a concert one time and Oh man, I uh, cannot remember the name. But I, everybody, uh, everybody dressed up in, in uh, ancient Japanese um, uh, masks. Um, Daikaiju. Daikaiju. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Like, pitching a poke there. Kabuki. Mask. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. man, the theater that what's going on. I'm not even sure that I could even recognize them if you were playing them over there. But I right. love what I was hearing, and that was that was kind of time. And it's for- surf rock, Daikaiju. Oh, it's like surf rock. And don't ever stand on the front row because I did at Egan's last time they played at Egan's, and the guitar player thought it was really cool to like act like with his kabuki mask on he was going to like shotgun a beer and it just went all over everybody right, in the front right. row. That was like a Gallagher thing. He knew he was going to get more sure, on the audience. Yeah. But you know, it's I use them and Daikaiju as as kind of a reference, not so much because I was like. That I saw that one band and it blew my mind. It was just when I started to put all that together, you know, my affinity for punk rock, my my uh, affinity for for the performing arts, my affinity for anything that breaks establishment. Sure. So, you know, and uh, I was listening to an interview with Henry Rollins uh, this morning actually, and he said mm. that he said that you know if there, if there was a number one record that he said that he listened to that really broke the mold, it was the first record by The Clash. Okay. Okay. And. I got to echo, like, I love that record, but I thought, I wow, too. how interesting, because Henry Rollins doesn't really sound like The Clash any more than he sounds like any other punk band, sure. but he's saying, no, I remember the time, this person, I think he said Bo Diddley opened up for them, and that's when he saw The Clash play, and he, his life was changed, boom. I don't, I don't know that I have that line in the sand, but I think that I did spend a lot of time maybe even waste a lot of time trying to sound like other musicians mm-hmm. when I if, if I had maybe been a little wiser and a little older uh, back when I was you know in my, in my teens and in my 20s I probably could have put it for, forward for myself I don't know if it was wasted time man because I've been playing music for 13 years and I think it's it's a great place to start from to start from your favorites and to build you know because mm-hmm. that's what you like mm-hmm and to build that, but then you start finding your own way. And you, and you start developing your own sound. And it's cool to peel from your influences and to build that sound and to tip your hat, so to speak, to that. Right. But don't emulate it and yeah. don't replicate. Right. right. You said exactly what I was just about to say. I mean, you've got to find your niche. Know. You've got to find your <laughs> you've got to find your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I remember like me. I sang in punk bands growing up, so I didn't really sing. <laughs> Glenn Danzig, like we had a band and we wanted to be the fucking misfits, and so yeah. I try to sound like. And my voice naturally sounds like Glenn Danzig when I'm singing, and so then we shifted into a band that kind of listened to more of Voivod and Metallica and whatever else metal band was sure. hot in the early '90s, you know. 
And so then it started to sound more like a James Hetfieldy kind of whatever, you know. Cheer. But I think you got to kind of grow into your voice and find your voice. Oh, you yeah. got to find who, like, you've got to take all of your influences and eventually take them from find step A way. to step B, step C, and you've got your own voice, which is a combination of all these influences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, I, man, I. I love hearing stuff like that, you know, because it's it's what it's what I've you know kind of been screaming from the pulpit, so to speak. You know, is you know anybody's going to get into the arts, it's got to find it's got to find a reason they want to be there. They got they f- figure a reason. If you're going to be on stage in, in, in a rock and roll kind of way or in the music sort of way, you got to find or a reason for all those people. Yeah. To, uh, it's the same with the theater. I think it's the same with a with a with a graphic or a, a, what they would might call a fine artist. Why why would you be hanging on the wall? What's the purpose of any of this? And I think that the the a number one starting point for everyone should be their voice, their style. There, and I think that that's and I guess that's what confused me so much about the whole we were talking about because of your last. Your last episode was the uh, the discussion about where rock is today and and what with Greater Van Fleet and things like that. So I, I mean I don't even know that I agree. I just think that it was interesting to see you know, these classic rock stations and I think Monk, you were saying that your station, an alternative station, doesn't even really focus on them. But when you have a, a band that's having uh, this huge success and it's like wow, I mean they're not playing covers, but oh, but they're selling out stadiums. Yeah, you know, and I'm going, man. You know, I play two all over the world. Play two to three times a week, and have been for years. You know, one of those at least is free. You know, every week. You know, and so when you're playing to seven people, and you're thinking, man, you know, I mean, it's gotten to the point where you know we we use a lot of the gigs that we play just as opportunities to work on new material. (laughs) You know, where we're not even really sure what we're going to play. Kind of Jack White style, no set list, you know. And, and Sammy, just to hear from you, everything that's been said and working rock radio like you do, what are some of your thoughts on trying to find this new sound as far as, like, does it meet the format of getting this sound out? Because is, is it such a fine line that we have to walk to get on these rock stations? I, I think that's a lie that we've sold ourselves. I think if you have an actually talented program director uh, who has a good ear, which most of them do in reality. Yeah, let's get some beers. Um, There's only one left of ours, Alan. Sorry. There are lots of good program directors out there, but I think more importantly than that, they have to feel empowered. Like they have the ability to actually make decisions based on their own taste. Because I think a lot of people who've been working in the industry for a while, that's been sort of beaten into them. So even if they hear a band and they have the taste and the discernment to go, that would sound great with the rest of what I'm playing. I mm-hmm. think people in this area would really like it. I really kind of want to take a gamble on that. I think a lot of people don't get to the, I'd really want to take a gamble on that because they've been told. But that's that's not the kind of thing I could ever play on air. I couldn't get away with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got corporate radio and you got ratings and you've got research and all this other stuff right. playing against you. Right. But right. if you have an open request show, which you have, I do, I do, it and makes I, it a little more free. Often, well, everything that I play theoretically has to get approved by a program director. Yeah. That can be in a moment of weakness. That can also be, and this is a loophole that I use a lot. That can be a program director that we had 
17 years ago, as long as it's in our collection. Me? I worked there 17 years yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> so if it's in the gold discs, if it made it oh, onto the system no. and when? made the list and made the move, yeah. you know, from an old station to a new station, if I still have it somewhere in, in station Somebody company, somewhere thought it was the great to play. the ideal is that it has been approved at some point, and so if it's requested, I'll play it. Yeah. But if it's that doesn't work as well with brand new material because right. if it's brand new material, it's never been brought through the door, so to speak. Uh, but I do tell people all the time, please call me. You know, local bands, call me. I want to bug people who work there and say, hey, I had another person call about this band today. I had another person call about oh, this yeah. band today. And you know what? The reality is, we may never be able to play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may never get that permission, but at least someone on some level knows That's that fine. people care about that. There's a buzz about and it. And they'll yeah. keep that yeah. in their mind, even if yeah. they don't play, say, a local band whose recordings are really bad quality on air. Then the next time they see something kind of starting to peak on the bottom of the charts off in another format, they might be more willing to take a gamble on it mm, sure. because they know that that's a sound that people sure. like. Sure, you know, years ago, like when I was working at Mix 106 when it was classic rock and mm-hmm. Starkful, we used to have this uh, like clipboard that hung on the bottom of our board. And like when people would call and request songs, we'd pull that clipboard out and we'd write down the request. And if there were enough of them, I don't know if that's probably not the way it's run now. If that but is, I'm maybe call that the should be a thing that, that I think, you know, more <laughs> commercial radio stations should do. But you write down every request you get. So yeah. people know, like, oh, if they're requesting the killers, then we should probably be playing more Play killers, killers, you know? Yeah. That's what the people want to hear. We or, don't le- have or, a less, or less Bob Seger. Hmm. Sammy and Monk. Just for musicians who are playing these open mics and getting these gigs, what does it take to get on the radio? Trick question. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really... I think, That's a, I think it's a good question though, because I think for a lot of a lot of young people, uh, I mean, I think I kind of, I, I, I think I might know what the answer to that is, but I, I would love to hear that. I would Go love to bribe that. someone in New York City or yes, Los exactly. Angeles. Yes, exactly. Not us, because we're not going to be able to help you. Hundred percent. That's that's kind of like the question, like the worst question ever asked in the world is, "Do you remember me?" <laughs> fucking hate getting that question because like yeah. I probably don't and you're going to yeah. make me feel really fucking shitty yeah. if you but, but I think for alternative radio it may be a little bit different than rock radio but regardless and especially if you've got a show like Indies Only then sweet talk me because mm-hmm. yeah. I'll probably try to play you at what some you, point what are you doing later I may throw <laughs> <laughs> I may I may throw you toward the end of the show but if you've got a good enough recording, then because like like when I worked um, country radio for so many years, I would have so many of these young country artists that would come to me, and they would have like this this one person that threw a whole lot of money at them, or, or actually they threw a whole lot of money at the person that recorded them yeah. to put out this record, and it really wasn't that good. So you've got to think in the world of radio, and, and especially country radio, am I willing to drop? the new Carrie Underwood for your song no that's where you gotta start at you know same with with alternative radio am I willing to drop the new one from Young the Giant in order to play your stuff and just for Sammy's position it's like am I willing to play behind the Allman Brothers you know exactly (laughs) this guy's got this sound I don't even know that I want to be on that bill holy crap the Allman Brothers Dwayne Allman 
Yeah. I don't want to play next to him. Yeah. yeah. God, like, I, I mean, I also don't want to yeah. go to church with St. Paul himself either. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. I like. mean, I mean that, that's kind of the, like, that's the way we think as as programmers. We think, I mean, am I willing to drop this artist for this new artist? Yeah. And then also, too, you think about how vast the format is. Like, to think about you as a new artist, say, if you've got a rock band that sounds similar to Greta Van Fleet or whatever, it's like, do you have a song that is strong enough? And I didn't, I didn't like, pull that out to just pick at you. But, like, <laughs> do you have a song that's strong enough to where we will drop any, any one of our artists in this hour, usually 13 to 14 in an hour? Mm-hmm. Do we have, you have, is there any artist that we would drop to play your stuff? So if you're in a market that, and granted, in Columbus and, and Tuscaloosa, we're not a PPM market, which basically is like the Nielsen ratings, where you can watch when people listen to certain songs that they fall off. If you're not in those, if you're in those markets, then you're definitely going to see that fall off when you hear a new artist because people tune into the radio. Um, to hear be, the hits. Because they want to hear the hits. They want to hear the stuff they know. They want to hear the stuff that's familiar to them. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, they don't want to hear some randomness. If you've got a show set aside like your your request show that is known for playing newer artists or a, a show like Indies Only, then it's perfectly okay to go outside the box. But typically, because of ratings and because we do what we do and we work for corporate radio and they expect us to provide ratings. Mm-hmm. We try to stay within those guidelines, but newer artists coming in, I mean, they just gotta, you gotta feel it out and just talk with the person. If the person that's running the show, like myself or Sammy, if we're running the show, we should know what we're talking about. We should know what's mm-hmm. gonna hit mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Well, and I will, I'll argue with you just a tiny bit. I, I, may, I may be a little drunk, so I may have gone off no, a little subject. But. I, I will say that I don't think people necessarily want to tune in just to hear things that they know, but people definitely want to hear what they like. Sure. Which goes back to what we were talking about, that if you are a new artist that people have not heard before, it has to be captivating enough that people are sitting up in their chairs and listening and that's the new song that they want to know the name of. They want Agreed. to know who did it. Yeah. Because what's the statistics, Sammy? How long will people tune into a radio station before they turn it off? It depends it, on the city. Yeah, it varies from city to city as we talked last time. Yeah. Because like I know in Tuscaloosa, it's like 12 minutes. Yeah. 12 minutes is our window to hook them in. National yeah. average is 15 to 30 minutes. Yeah, here right. I think it's a lot. It's a little longer. Right. Long enough to go to Wendy's or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Wherever they're back. headed, right? That's interesting. You know, I think uh, you growing up, everybody told the, the big capital romantic stories of your your Sid Vicious and your you know Johnny Rotten and all those guys. You know, being left off the number one because they just won't put the word Sex Pistol on the yeah. top of the chart, like sure. those things. And we all know the Seattle movement broke and really you know put people like a lot of what. A lot of us who are maybe more fringe in society, right up there with the list toppers of the day. But I think that those are those are so few and far between. To really, I think that if you really, if you really ever want to just be like, I want to hear myself on the radio. I think that yeah, these these indie stations like you were talking about, so you got to go to. And I think that just to echo that from from out here, hustling is like for me. I don't even focus on it. You know, I, I like I, I I love listening to the radio. I've always loved listening to the radio, but I don't focus on going. One day I'm going to get my name in lights. One day I'm going to get played on the radio. Oftentimes, I just think about putting out the best work that I can put out mm-hmm. and refining those 
Um, now, what's interesting with you know a, a 2019 perspective in the digital market, like it is, I know what it takes to get my stuff on Spotify. N- nothing. N- nothing. Right. Like, nothing. I know exactly. What you can it's be on Amazon tonight. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know that it'll be any good. Spotify, you, know what I mean? you have like, to have a certain number of followers and a certain number of listens before you can be found on a search, though. Hundred percent. Like what, what's what I'm saying is, but you can be put on it. But you can be put yeah, on you it. You can. And, and, and so I'm kind of captain of that ship. But the the I guess the the question really remains is, and I think Monk said this a second ago. Do you have not only song quality, the product you're producing as an artist, but also recording quality? That would that would would compete with what what's that's a big rolling one. right off the yeah. charts, and I think you guys even remarked on Jack, some of Jack White's stuff doesn't sound as good over air as it does live or that's composition you know. though that's not recording quality. yeah that's just what what it sounds I think it's good it, against yeah 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 yeah, yeah. interesting interesting because yeah. I think I think anybody young people out there who are like I'm on YouTube I'm on this I'm on that you know. I would be cool to get on the radio or it'd be cool to get noticed more often outside of that. I think well, that, what's so wild is I don't really know where the young people are right now. I hope they're not just listening to, you know, just to uh, the 941, the jams, you know, just listen to what's popular on pop. I, and I don't know what they, they're into. Well, I think, I think they're online. Yeah, I think they're online. Yeah. I think they're listening to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, think, I, I hope that they are. Spotify and Pandora. Yeah, and, 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 and Apple Play. And, yeah, I mean, it, uh, a little drop here. Um, I work in the. Uh, They're work. so hard to gauge for me. Well, I work for a college, you know, and or worked for a college just recently. Uh, stopped doing that, but uh, for the past four or five years, I've been working for an, an institution where most of the people I come in contact every day are between the ages of eighteen and twenty-five, and which is a great demographic. It's a great demographic, and none of them know who Dwayne Allman is. Like, none of them do. None of them really care. Wow. But I guarantee you, we're talking, I think you guys were, uh, before we started, we're talking about like Billie Eilish and Halsey. And so they know exactly who those people Absolutely. are. And it's, yeah. and it's not from, it's not from top, it's more from, I think, probably YouTube. I think it's more from what, what's going on uh, on Twitter. I think it's more of what's going on. Um, uh, maybe if they're into band camp or if they're into. This is something. That's how they know about bands. But I'll tell you something. Billie Eilish, you know how she was found? Vine. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all remember Vine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had some really great Vine videos. I'm sure she did. She's an amazing vocalist. She's so creative. Have you seen her concerts lately? <laughs> they are so theatric. Got a fan. I think it's a fanboy right there. I, I love her too, man. I do I too. Love her too. I, I do too. Honest. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I watch the I thing. Will never you know, hate on since her. this is a radio show, it's kind of interesting. I watch the thing. And I'm gonna echo what Alan's saying because I watched the thing on again on YouTube. I watched a, a YouTube video of her giving a radio interview in New York, and it was like a, a local DJ from the market, that she, from the borough or whatever that she's from, and they were sitting there talking back and forth in the radio station studio, but this was a, a YouTube video of that, and it was it was really amazing because he was remarking on how quickly and how you know big her hype was and all this, and she was more remarking on how interesting her day had been like how how yeah. like a, maybe some things that, that she hadn't experienced been before. able to do yet you know and all these things like that yeah. i was like wow it we oftentimes forget 
that you know where creativity comes from is different than where like star power comes from. Like if someone can be hyper creative and be just a regular old person, you know, I think that's a lie. Sometimes that we tell ourselves. Do y'all know where she says that her creativity comes from? Tell me more. She says that she lucid dreams. That's mm. cool. And that I was gonna her songs <laughs> and her art comes from these dreams that she's vividly lived. Mm. That's cool. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think I think that anytime you explore down the path of where someone's creativity comes from, and you, you think, wow, you know, I think that a lot of rock and rollers have. I joked about. I made the heroin joke just a second ago. I think a lot of a lot of people subsidized inspiration with inebriation. And I think that the dreams can be an interesting place to, to live outside the box. But because she's so young, right? Right, yeah. I mean, she's like 17. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, don't think we're even dealing with an adult there. I think that's pretty interesting, but I think so were a lot of the, the big rock and rollers. You know, I think when they really started to hit, you know, those guys were really young. A lot of the 80s rock and rollers and stuff. I know, um, I don't know exact ages or anything, but I know like... The guys from Van Halen were like super young, super, super young when they started touring. And it's like Sammy said earlier with uh, Greta Van Fleet, it's just, it has a juvenile feel, right? Well, and that's a very specific thing. But I don't think Billie Eilish does. Yeah. Greta Van Fleet specifically has like Led Zeppelin motifs that they mix together in songs that multiple motifs don't belong in. So they'll be Mm. talking about like, the maiden and then they'll go into some other thing and the way that it fits together you go wait I don't know what you're talking about now this is this started out as a romantic song and now there's a rebuttal and now there's some completely different metaphor Mm -hmm. and it's a little clumsy but they're young they'll clean it up I don't don't, don't know that they will though I I I think that they're riding the wave I think that they don't I think that what they've what they've experienced is that they don't have to clean it up which I said in the last episode was my only complaint with the band and really? does not tell you this is like that is I'm waiting for the third album because uh-huh. like I've told you on past episodes is the first album the EP won a fucking Grammy mm-hmm. the second album I have I'm not impressed the third that's either going to make it or break it for me I'll be a Greta Van Fleet fan or I won't be I think that's how I felt uh, I think that's how I felt a lot about about a lot of the college rock bands Back in the late '90s, because I call them college rock. That's that's a maybe a derogatory term for some folks, but it's like, man, you have some killer, killer jams. You got a really cool groove, and then the second album hits, and it's like that's that's more of a lot of the same stuff. And then the fifth album later, you're like, how are these guys still even making, you know, anything for themselves? Give like, us an are you an ACDC fan? Give um, us an example of college rock, real quick. Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, they died. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Rucker is totally wagon wheeling it up with... Uh, <laughs> wagon wheeling I've never heard wagon wheel as a, as, a, as a verb. That's... <laughs> but <laughs> hey, <laughs> he covered old Crow Medicine Show. Oh, you know, who else is who else is what I call college rock? I don't even know that they're college rock today. I was I'm really more referring to those guys. Uh, but, like, you know, Third Eye Blind had, like, uh, to me, they're kind of college rocky, you know? Um, that's cool. Um, that's chick rock, man. That was that was later generation college rock, because when I think of college rock, I think of, like, the replacements, R.E.M. Oh, wow. Um, okay. You know, band. I mean, because I go back in the college the rock. Who dolls. Even, 
Yeah, yeah. But, but that's a transfer. Yeah. That's that bridge, right? It, because their first record was a fucking punk record. Let's it wasn't up. Because you named off a lot of bands yeah. that I used to like and I've grown out of, like Third Eye Blind. Yeah. I don't know Slow Motion is still one of my favorite songs by them. Yeah, yeah, I th- well, for sure. I, I think that they've got a lot of really cool stuff, but I think that they all started to sound a lot like themselves. On and on and on and on. It's like, dude. We are going to have to do an episode on this girl rock thing phenomenon sometime. Yeah, I girl get, rock or chick rock? Chick rock. Chick yeah, rock. Sure. Can we just like pause the cause and explain that to me too? Because I'm not really sure what I know. Like, no, 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 not actually not, pause, yeah, but let's pause just stop for, for a second. Audience so pause. chick rock? Yeah, what is chick rock? Chick in rock in, in the world of classic rock, I, as a male, sure. always considered like Journey. Okay. He's not singing Boston. to me. Boston. Okay. Foreigner, which I love Foreigner. Uh, they're, they're, the arena rock thing was more of a it, the lyrics were driven toward a female, right? And I was not gonna me. ask what made arena rockers chick rockers. Well, that was because because they're it's not because singing they're, to him because their lyrics draw they, they they're talking to females. Mm-hmm. They're talking about situations yeah. with females. The, the not necessarily there is the occasional song that Journey put out that may be talking to me and about a situation that happened in my life, but the majority of the time they're talking to. The female audience. I can see that. I can see that. And, so that's why I call it chick rock. Yeah. Interesting, because I never get female requests for Foreigner. No, no. Really? Well, no, no, what? no. Let's but talk you're... about that for a second. I want the bar. Okay. So <laughs> now I don't, I don't, I don't put because I, when I was growing up, my mother's favorite band is Foreigner. So I don't put them necessarily in the genre, even though they fall into it, because I like some Foreigner. But Journey. Think about every journey song. They talking to me or they talking to you, Sammy? Mm, they ain't talking to me. No, I don't, they're, they're I don't not, know that it is. They're, they're not talking to me. It's like Taylor Just Swift. Is she talking girl, to me, me or you? Well, that's different. Well, because she's a female singer. Right. But yes. I don't but, think that it is different, though. I think that the subject, the, purpose, the person you're trying to reach, I think the person that you're trying to reach with your art is your desired audience. You don't think they were just trying to be big stadium rockers and people decided no. to call them more effeminate? That's a hell of no, a point. No, 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 because I don't think that he, I don't even think that Shane is even saying that the, <laughs> Because she that, makes a hell of a point because they these are, are the people that are requesting it. They're well, not female. Right, but I think that they, that's in fact the opposite. But maybe they went through the situation that's talking to the female in their life and they're like sure. feeling it. Because I have been through a shit ton of heartbreak and I can't say that the occasional foreigner song hadn't like been like, oh, I'm talking to that girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, Dustin, go. Well, I, so I think, and and I want to hear, I want to hear your rebuttal, Sammy, because what you said was interesting. Is the the implication that Monk just gave was not that the art form is inherently feminine or effeminate, but that the directed audience might. Be purposely female. I think the majority of the eighties. The majority of the eighties, the audience was. That's what they were going for. But I think. But I think that what happened was, I think that the interesting phenomenon is they were pointing their songs at females, but the people who walked away really identifying more with them because of that vicarious emotion of going, "Wow, I didn't know how to put that into words, but Steve Perry just did." I think 
is like Journey was singing to the girls in the audience, the guys who walked away buying the album, going Journey for life, you know, and getting uh, you know the the stuff tattooed on their backs and stuff yeah. like that. Those guys. I'll be are, playing the the album later in my car, and I'll hopefully be making out with a girl later that night. Yeah, I think that that's exactly it. That guy's so it's that Romeo thing. Is I think they're they're going that guy's that are the maybe not that's the Casanova thing. They're trying to live vicariously through these rock and rollers perceived machismo. Well, this is a horrific stereotype, but okay. it's been repeated to me so many times. Well, I gotta hear it. That's here. why every guy picks up a guitar, right? Absolutely. You want to get the girl the first right? time, or yeah. the guy? I mean, I'm not. I started fronting a band to say. Fuck you to everybody that hated me in school. Right, Tight. and I can do something different. That's honestly, well, honestly. I, you know, I don't. I, I didn't pick up a musical instrument to. I didn't pick up a musical instrument to to impress girls, but I did pick until up, the first time it happened. But right, no, I think that he nailed it. Is it? I didn't do it to do that, but I did do it at a time where that made 90% of my decisions. I think that actually picking up music was one of the, one of the very few decisions I made strictly for me. And then I realized that you could use that to pick up girls or to get attention or to be popular or to do whatever cuz you're I, I was I was 12, you know? Like I I just wanted people to like me, you know? And so if you could use what you already kind of liked to get people to like you and if that uh if the person you were putting on the pedestal at the time was a girl. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm pulling yeah. out. I mean, if if I could have uh, if I could have played basketball, I would have used that. You know, I would have used anything that um, that I thought would work. You my, know, at the time. My so thing, my thing. I think was, that's where you get a lot of that. I was stupidly rebellious, but like up to a point of being in the tenth grade, 16, 17 years old, I played sports, I played baseball specifically, and. I had been in craftsmanship, like I, I do self bows. I like making like English long bows. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my thing, out of hickory and osage. But on top That's of that, cool. when I was fifteen, I started making, or started making, I started playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And as I was doing batting practice and throwing and practicing baseball, my shoulder, specifically my left shoulder, I'm left-handed. It was going out, and I knew that it was. And I also knew that baseball wasn't something that I could not spend the rest of my life doing. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing something that I could specifically enjoy. I didn't care a whole lot about the women that it would pull, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed music. I always have. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to be able to spend that making music. What that meant, and... 11, 15 years ago, it didn't mean a podcast. Mm-hmm. And now it does. I mean, it's kind of coming full circle. I think you're still, you're still trying to find the creative... Uh, not trying yeah. to find it. Yeah. I think you're still expressing yourself through different creative outlets. Exactly. Uh, but to echo what, what Sammy was saying earlier is I, I think that there was a phenomenon in the 80s. And I've talked to my... You know, a lot of my musical... Early musical influences come from conversations I've had with my dad. My dad um, was like the one person in my family, even not not just my like immediate family, but my greater family, who is really obsessed with music. He doesn't really play, but he's really obsessed with music. And I think that he said, "Yeah, oh, man, well, well, we would just go to you know, we would go to the big city down the road so we could be there when the concerts let out." 
Like, they couldn't afford tickets to the concerts necessarily, but they could afford to be in the bar after the concert let out. You know, and it was just because that's where everybody was going to be, you know. And, and I think that, yeah, in high school, that was definitely the focus of what they wanted to do to pick up girls and to do stuff like that. So I think to, to imply that the guys are singing to girls is a completely natural, like... Uh, Progression. Progression. Um, archetype? Well, Maybe I, less stereotype? I only take up this whole thing, A, because I'm the only female present. And Absolutely. B, because I would argue that if a band is a chick rock band because they make... Not because, but also make you go home and think about all of the girls that have been in your past, that they are connecting more to you than they are to those women. 100%. And I, I say that because I do believe there is chick rock as I affectionately call angry girl music, but that's much more in the garbage and Virgus salt and raincoats, bikini kill, L7, all of that, which I'm also a huge fan of, but I think that is a more accurate music by women for women, specifically targeted to women. And I think that that chick rock is a, a masculine term that's been given to bands that some people view as less hardcore. Wow! So you're, people you're, who would only listen to you're, you're talking and about ZZ a, feminine, a femininity dis given to the music and journey as chick rock because no, it's I think not the ACDC were just talking to the same girls that Journey went. I agree, I agree. But I, I've at the rock station heard that term used to diss music as let me pour my beer correctly. Um, less. I don't see chick rock as a diss of being a lack of this of hardcore. It's just. It is who they were specifically singing to. But, uh, but I see what she's saying is that ACDC was singing to those same girls, but people don't give them the moniker. Uh, like uh, ZZ because Top, Because it for had example, more of an edge to it. it did, they didn't have a keyboard player. It wasn't more yeah. sensitive yeah. sounding, yeah. I yeah. think. And also, they didn't have no, no, so that, that, like that, That's not where my brain went. I mean, but now that we're talking about it and it's an open discussion, sure. I kind of think maybe it's a little softer. Well, like, just because I mean, when I want to speak to a female, I don't want to speak to her through you a, shoot me all an, an ACDC song. I want to speak to her through a more gently ballad, s- ballad, ballad. And, yeah. and from coming from like, I want to bunge over your ass, I want to speak exactly. through a bed of roses, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I think that's a great this I think is the that's avenue. A great Punch over your ass. Think, think about the Grecians, you know. I mean, like think about think about the poets. Like that that was a, there was a different a sonnet had a different feel to it. Something that you might deliver to someone to woo them or to court them had a different feel than than what you would give the king. Now me, I would woo them and court them with a Tom Waits song. Yeah, now and I hope that I don't fall in love with you. That song? Shit. Yeah. Come on now. All right, coming out of. Chick Rock. Who and was just think? move off into this topic of. Who bust thing? This is yours. Hey. <laughs> garbage. Ooh, I like garbage. Like, I, uh, I love Shirley Manson. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so no, coming out of Chick Rock, I think that I see what you're saying, Sammy, in the sense that if there has been a, a maybe too long precedent set of identifying Chick Rock as. Um, a, a soft rock and roll or soft metal or soft uh, in some way implying implying the uh, I think it goes more to the lyric 
But no, I, I think well, I think I agree with that in in part. But I think that you bring up an interesting point, and I said it earlier, uh, is that you know ACDC was talking to the same girls that Journey was talking to, but they didn't get the same moniker. Moniker, yeah. And I think that when you're when you're trying to establish this hair band from this other hair band, this I, that's what I always call it. It's like arena rock, hair metal, you know. And it's like I just thought this. Journey and all those guys were just like the the balance. The majority singers. of ACDC have receding hairlines, so they really yeah, they're not they're not hair. Yeah, that's right. How much those particular guys didn't have much uh, much hair at all. No, uh, and I think that that to me the big poster childs of that movement were like the Van Halens, you know, were like the were you, but like the Motley Crues, you know, the then that gets into Axl Rose and. The Guns and Roses and LA Guns and all like uh, that whole Ventura Lower Skid Row mm. LA sound that would just define the later eighties. Sure, and, I mean I think and I mean speak to that because this is me thinking about that in, in post. But when I speak to you know my dad, and my uncles, and stuff about that, they're like, oh yeah, no, no one listened to anything other than whoever was hot in LA. At the time, right. right. So that was who was coming towards us. On top of being a, and this is going to be my opinion. I'm going to get probably a lot of flack for this, and I don't know, if you get feedback much. But they were kind of a shit band. I'm that not were arguing really with that. good. That were really good at being entertaining. Exactly. Like I, I mean, agree. like I mean, I think. And that, I was I was there during the era. I was younger. Uh-huh. I was younger, but but I mean, I I, I came along as. Molly Crew is progressing alive, but hearing it come on the radio. Or they whatever. weren't the best band in the world. Like, I think even. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think they kind of came into their own and they found their niche, and people fucking loved it, and they just rolled. It's like Kiss. Kiss sucks. I agree. Sorry, I'll say it out loud. Kiss sucks. I don't. Like but Kiss, if you see yeah. Kiss live, you understand the whole fucking thing. And people it makes who sense. see Kiss live once tend to love them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, no, I would agree with that. You know, coming from a musical theater background, I think that you, you know there is value in the performance. One hundred percent. And I look often, at War. Shit. Oh, dude. I, I mean, if we want to go there, which is kind of a sidetrack, but we could go down the whole like Gigi Allen path if you want to talk about. No, like, if you ever watched that last movie he fucking put out, that's the most disgusting shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but <laughs> no. But you know, but no, even, you know that. Uh, Sorry, I'm just like cussing all on your podcast, but no, damn it, man, it but that I, was nasty. What's his name? Um, Les okay. Claypool. Scre- is, scre- is it Screaming Trees? Is, is Screaming Trees? Was it Grunge Band? Yeah, and, yeah. and Kurt Cobain. And the lead singer from the Mark Lanigan. Mark Lanigan and Kurt yeah. Cobain visited Gigi Allen in prison. Like, yeah. Because okay. they were such huge fans of that, what you're talking about, of that type of behavior, which is insane to me. I mean, like, the name, you know, like, that's, but that is it's like, all the, like the show. That's the bottom of the barrel, rat in the corner kind of fucking it's entertainment. Still, no, you know, for sure. It's the lower, it's the lower base of the pyramid. What I'm saying is it's still about the show. And I don't now know it is. Mm-hmm. I think at the time it was just that's who he fucking was. I just don't know that there's a difference between him and uh, uh, what's his name from um, Motley Crue. I find him equally disgusting. 
Nikki Six. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. There's something. Yeah, so it's like it's spray paint your right. penis on your airplane so that look right. you like it looks so, like you're fucking the town you fly into. So, so it's ridiculous. All right. shit. like yeah, I mean, I, 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 all right. So I, I kind of get what you're talking about, but if you read the heroin diaries and then you watch the last day of Gigi Allen's life, yeah, the video that, that they yeah. took, it's fucking disgusting. I, mean, I know you feel like shit on people and like like blood. Yeah. On yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but do that for me, and then we'll come back on okay. maybe a later uh, yeah. podcast, well, and we'll talk about it. I don't like know the if Alan's gonna let us have that just, conversation on the. You know, like that's, yeah. I mean, Gigi Allen, that that dude, like I literally like. Now looking at Vomitose. him and yeah. thinking about him, I think I'm just disgusted yeah. by stained whitey tidies and a and a military helmet. Yeah, and somebody's it. finger up your butt. Yeah. I mean, it's just no. That's, He's weird, dude. Yeah, yeah and I, mean, I think I think that that's an interesting. That I guess my my point was, and I'm sorry to go on the whole tangent about Gigi. No, but is is that there is a value. It is theatrical. It's I agree. Theatrical. I agree. Is, is that there's a value in a non musician because he's a shit musician. There was no, there was no. Like yeah okay he's a punk rocker or whatever so you didn't have to really sing like you said earlier but you do he didn't that was a show yeah, you know right. and I think yeah. that the kiss sucks until you've seen him live and it's mm. like whoa and Motley Crue to me just a bunch sucks of misog- misogynist predatorial douchebags who somebody said you're pretty so you don't have to work at a liquor store anymore oh fuck yourself like I mean sorry for the the animosity yeah. but to me that's not rock and roll that's that's and I, Justin Bieber. Let's let's take this. Just this really took a while. Because like Nikki Six oh. never called himself the best bass player in the world. He said he was a shitty bass player. There you go. Yeah, nobody looked but what, the fucking part. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. What they did was fucking theatrics. It was guar. Yeah, it's guar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So here's kind of what I mm-hmm. I was very. I was in a couple of bands very early on in my musical career, and I was I was very lucky and very kind of spoiled right off mm-hmm. the bat because they kind of already had a following, they already had a circuit that they could play, mm-hmm. and I kind of rode the coattails of that. I've done that myself. Um, what I experienced dramatically after that was huge dry seasons. Yeah, where you don't know what you're doing you because you, people didn't like you. The, I don't know. They were they were just there for the person before. Well, they didn't like you. Well, I don't even know if they did or didn't. I don't know that they didn't like me, but I don't know that I like a bull motherfucker. Well, you know. Again, what are you doing later? No. um, (laughs) um, I'm not saying like I'm not saying it like that. But when people showed up for a gig, and let's just say, sure, yeah, there's this. They were there for half season over. They weren't there for me. Right. Exactly. And I and I get that. And I think that what's interesting is going. As a, I don't know this is ridiculous even to say, but it, as a person just going into their twenties, not even like I said, for those Greta Van Fleet fans, not even old enough to drink, right? And being able to play punk rock shows, guys going way late into the night, going being in bars. I'm sure I wasn't really even allowed in at that point, you know. And so doing all that was fun, but. It was a misrepresentation of how the day-to-day kind of grind works. Mm-hmm. And now, well into my 30s, I have a different idea of, I want to play music. I want to sit at home and I want to write music. I want to focus on playing music. I want to become a better guitar player. Mm. And that's all good and great. But what I want to do more than I really want to get necessarily paid is I want to play. I, I want. I want to... I want to find opportunities to 
to continue to rekindle that juvenile, that adolescent love for rock and roll that I'm afraid every day will leave me at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you're t- when you've been at work all day, the last thing you want to go do is go play for thirty bucks or fifty bucks in a bar somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting to the point where I'm tasting the the entry uh, entry level dishes of old man. Uh, itis, you know, where I was like, eh, it's nine. I could just go home. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but my buddy, and, and I want to, I'm just fighting to keep alive the idea that, hey, so not well. I could make it, but I, I made a commitment to myself to express myself through rock and roll music, and I can't let that go away just because, I, you know, I'm tired. Yeah. And so I think I, I'm pushing to a different, to a different audience then, hey, kid, keep going and you'll make it. I think keep, keep going and you'll continue to be you. Yeah. And that's the best thing you could do for yourself. I mean, that's the only thing that you can do, I think, if you're being honest with yourself. And that, that's kind of the thing that I have found in my music and even playing out with bands or playing out by myself mm-hmm. is I have stopped. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been on top of mics. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't pursued getting gigs anymore yeah. for years, for three years now. And this podcast is almost a year old now, and I just specifically put my music on this now. Mm-hmm. This is the only place you can find it, mm-hmm. other than some of the songs I may put on YouTube. Right. But if if you want to find me or hear me, you can find me right here. And do you find that that satisfies your need for self-expression? Yes. Absolutely. That's because all that needs the to be people there. that listen to this podcast know that I am the host. Mm-hmm. And they know that I'm going to bring music on that I like. Right. And I'm only going to play songs that I wrote. And sure. I'm only going to cover songs that I like. Right. And that this song, or this song, this show caters around things that I'm interested in. Right. And so if you like the show. Then you like you. You You're like right me. Away. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's a reflection. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, and I think that's for me. That's what like stage presence is, and I and I I give myself a a, a, a stage name, you know, uh, uh, when I perform, and so that I, because uh, I, what I what I found was I get a lot a lot more comfort out of going, hey, time to be that guy, mm-hmm. and I, maybe that's probably the 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 young punk rocker in me that goes, hey, uh, you know, you're not. 21 anymore guy you know you're not even 28 anymore you know? don't, even, don't even get me started on the punk rocker and me I would argue that that's the thespian because at some point in Carney's life uh, it's time to put on your costume and go to work mm-hmm. and that is one of the most comforting feelings in nope. the world yeah because it's just work at that point yeah, that's a good point I think that is it I think that's a, that's a really good point Sam is that you can go. Oh man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm too tired. I'm not good enough. I. I'm not. Uh, I don't play guitar well enough. I don't sound clean enough. But if you put on a, a a costume, then that that's all on whether or not you like that other person or not. Which I think it'll, it's interesting because I think that's a lot what um, maybe the Bon Jovi I was just bitching about. <laughs> maybe I don't know. That's pretty interesting. Uh, uh, Motley Crue. I mean. How to, I guess how to figure out how to do that um, for the guys out there who 
I don't know. I guess who need to work, who need to uh, who need to go to their gig every day and uh, and still want to find a way to put their their art out there is a really cool thing. And I think that um, podcasts, I think the YouTube channels, mm-hmm. I think that uh, yeah, band camps and Spotify and all that, that that's more into it's production. Played out. Yeah, uh, but I think the really creative outlets. It's what what you got going on here. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But there is a beautiful thing about knowing that there's a live electric person on the other end yep. of the airwaves or the ones and zeros coming straight to you mm-hmm. and talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is always going to be way sexier than television. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you were talking about, like, bands on the radio and bands that you've talked with. Mm-hmm. Number one song on the show this week after this podcast actually airs or is put up Pony Bradshaw <laughs> Bad Teeth the number one song in the show this week he was in the the first hour last week but he is the first song I play this oh, week oh right and Alan and, you, you talked to him haven't you and I'm going to talk all yeah, of because cool. Pony Bradshaw now has become listening to more of his stuff become one of my favorite songwriters oh, his cool. album drops June 13th I mean, dude is like straight up. This guy can straight up mellow, whatever. But he just got off tour with Will Hogan, Social Distortion. What? I mean, he's straight up fucking he because he's just a great fucking songwriter. And Mike Ness from Social Distortion said, "Hey, I like this guy's stuff." Mm. So he put him out on tour, just like Jay Jackson. He did the same thing for Jay Jackson. And I'm gonna be playing Jay Jackson's song in the first hour this week as well. Cheers to the real saviors of rock and roll. Yes. Yes. Thank the you. promoters. Roll time. Roll time. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Go Bulldogs. No. No. Unaffiliated. Yeah, well. Whatever Go you terps. do. Go <laughs> hey, Go Land Sharks if you're old. Is that a terrible the hell you're doing out there? But, like, Mary Landers, man, you guys are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I may have filled up that turtle. I'm not saying I haven't. Okay. Oh, look. Untap now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so this is what happens when you have to talk and drink beer at the same time. Can't do it. Can't. Oh, yeah, we can totally do it for hours. Yeah. I can totally do it. None of y'all motherfuckers have been able to do it tonight. (laughs) 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 Well, if you don't have these squeaky chairs. Then. I know for real. My chair is the squeakiest because that's the one. That was actually the first chair I used, and it became too squeaky, so I got that one. Really and is. now it's too squeaky. I was sitting in yoga position, then every time I try to get up, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> All right, Alan, keep it going. All right. Porch Talk has become a place for not only my music to thrive, but a place for sharing other people's music. And not just their music, but the place to sit down and interview these guys. And to hear what's behind the music, because that's what makes it special, right? Is yeah, like when you can so. connect with a person who's writing it. Well, yeah, I think I think that there's a really special thing that happens when you personally connect to a piece of music, and also get the opportunity to connect with a person who maybe influenced or wrote that mm. that piece of music. I think that's a really cool thing. But I think another really cool thing is when you get to kind of connect with someone 
and you've had that relationship, and then you get to connect with their music, which is a kind of a that's the that's the other which away, right? Like so, for example, for yourself, I, I had not heard any of your music before I met you. Yeah, and then I've since via this outlet been able to hear what you're putting out. Um, not only am I a fan, I, I'm also it, I, I'm enamored with the idea of being able to know a person and then and then know them to hear their art. Right, right, and and that's always a thing that that I'm I don't know that's a, that's an interesting process to get to explore. I that's really all I got on that. It's just I'm I'm in love with that process. And just for instance, just like a a brand new band like right now. That is just getting ready to play. Let's just say Bad Wolves. Okay. I don't know any of those guys personally. Right? Okay. And so I don't have that connection. I'm not saying anything about their music, good or bad. Sure. And I hear their song. And I either hear the song or I like it or I don't like it. Right. But if I had the chance to hear them first. Oh, you completely alter the way that you thought about their music. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had a song that you hated and then you've heard about the story behind the writing of the song and you liked the song afterward? Yes. Oh, absolutely. What song? Saint Anger um, by, you know, that end of Metallica's career album, whatever it was called. Maybe Saint Anger. Oh, uh, motherfucker. We got yeah, that was the title track. Yeah, here it is. So here it is. Uh, so, is what I'm saying? Okay. Hear, hear me out. Is I heard that record and I, I went... Horse shit again. Hear me out. Sure, sure, sure. And then, and then I was able to uh, watch a documentary about the making of that record. When they went to San Quentin, and I completely had a different take, a completely different understanding of what was going on with these. I mean, this is this is Metallica. You know, this is like the Metallica. And I won't even say that I'm a huge Metallica fan, but if you were a rock and roller growing up in the 90s, sure. then you were into Metallica on some sure. level. Um, you couldn't escape it. Yeah, well, I, mean, you, I, I guess... Uh, you didn't have as many options back then. It was like Metallica was the shit. Yeah, it, it was the actual the pinnacle. shit. And, and then, I mean, okay, so we talked about, this podcast is going all sorts of crazy directions. No, we, we could talk so, about it. I wasn't, I wasn't saying motherfucker to you. I was yeah, just saying, yeah, yeah, motherfucker, yeah. why do you yeah, not think you... But because yeah. I just heard, and this is what, this is going to tie it all in together, you know, because I, I heard Metallica when I was, okay, so that's a, that's like a, an age group thing. So I, I came out of... I came out of what what is now called classic rock, right, into punk rock, and I pretty much shunned everything that I had grown up with. All the classic rock guys, including the guys that I hold as like um, the the biggest influences on my guitar playing today, um, I, I would say now I wasn't a big fan of when I was fifteen. You know, I was trying to prove a, a very more of a social point, I think, with my music interests than I was actual musical interests. You know what my dad told me the other day? What's that? Yeah, I didn't even realize it. And I like them. But just because I don't use a pick, and my dad doesn't play instruments, but mm -hmm. I appreciate that he knows a band well enough to know that the guitarist didn't use a pick. Mm -hmm. Dire Straits. Dire Straits. And he's like, you remind me of Dire Straits. And I was like, get the... Got out of here. here. Okay, so <laughs> if 
Here's a great example. Uh, 15, 6 year on me would be like, fuck Dire Straits. Fuck that. Fuck all those. Today, I'm like, oh, yeah. Hell yeah, Dire Straits. Like, Mark uh, Knopfler. Dude. Phenomenal. <laughs> There's unbelievable. Phenomenal. Yeah. There's so many of these and guys. I was like, the fact that you would compare me to him. Dude, my, you know? my bass player has recently gotten me to go back and listen to like old ZZ Top. Like, really spend some time with ZZ Top. And I would have told you uh, three months ago, fuck ZZ Top. But, Love off the afterburner. But I'm listening to some Excalibur or whatever. Old fuck the ZZ Top, the first Shit. ZZ Top. Yeah. It's not. Not only is it not bad, it's those boys are rocking. Straight up blues. Yeah, dude. and they're getting it. But I would have told you, I would have told you when I was skateboarding, I would have told you when I was listening to punk rock, when I was. Uh, nah, fuck all that. Like, I, I don't even hear all that. But the point being, I guess what I was trying to really get at is Metallica <laughs> was not something that you could have escaped if you were into rock and roll at that time. Um, but what was interesting is I didn't know about uh, Swedish death metal, for example. I didn't know about Vard back when it happened. Yeah. I learned uh, and yeah, all yeah, that. yeah, I learned about that after the fact. Okay, so Saint Anger comes out, and the other metal band that that I knew of at the time mm-hmm. was like I think. That, that all my friends were really up in arms about was fetus catapult. Okay, Iron Maiden, maybe. <laughs> right, like, like they were into the super, super, super screamo heavy thrash metal, and then Saint Anger comes out from the metal band, like the band, sure. the Metallica, yeah. and it's like, yeah, and he's using the piccolo uh, snare, yeah, yeah, and we're all like, yeah. what weak, lame, yeah. you know, like, yeah. You ate Metallica, dog. But then, you I ate. Saw, but then I saw that documentary. But then I saw that documentary, which is what Sammy's question was. Have you ever heard a song and then heard where it came from? Or, or maybe had the pleasure of, of talking to the artist, which I didn't have, obviously, I didn't have a chance to talk to Metallica. But I saw that documentary and was like, boom, whoa, way cooler. Way cooler. You talking also, about the, the monster documentary where they went through the rehab and yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and they got... They got um, yeah. It's the one that released right after Saint Anger, the bass yeah. player. Yeah, because like for me, and I'm gonna go back to just I, I'm not thinking about the documentary. I'm thinking about Metallica. But like I grew up listening to, to Metallica, and then there came a point when they put out the Black Album, which yeah. is my least favorite Metallica record ever. I would have said Saint Anger up until I saw that documentary, but now I agree with you. But when they got when they got, what's his name? His name? It's not Danny because that's the fucking actor. But Trejo. Um, uh, when they got him as a bass player, when they replaced Jason Newstead, because Metallica's went through three, three metamorphoses. They went through mm-hmm. the Cliff Burton era. They went through Jason Newstead. Now mm-hmm. Trejo. Like mm-hmm. I think when they got him, if you listen to the Death Magnetic record, which came out after Saint Anger, now that I can get that. That record right there. Every band, whether you be fucking Avenged Sevenfold or you be Sick of It All or you be any band that has ever called yourself metal, listen to that record. It will melt your face off and realize that Metallica are the fucking shit. They are the ones that changed metal and they remain the innovators as far as metal 
is concerned moving I'll tell forward. You this with contrasted music, but metal is a genre that I don't specifically spend a whole lot of time in. Mm-hmm. But metal is extremely melodic in oh, the guitar sure. riffs. Can be. Yeah, can be. I draw well, a lot I think of influences yeah. from Metallica, although I do not specifically say you sound like Metallica. Metallica. Okay, yeah, well, I would agree with that. I don't think it, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We're, no, I would say, I would say like that, that metal is extremely melodic. I mean, comparison to punk. Mm. You know, um, punk, punk is barely melodic. and they un- and, Unless you get to bands like Blink-182 and sure, Bad Religion uh, and yeah, Green Day. They're, they're you, melodic you, punk. You, you get pop yeah, punk. Pop you, punk. You, you get pop punk or, or skate punk, even. Uh, no effects can get pretty melodic if they want to. I mean, it's kind of repetitive melodies, but they can get kind of melodic. I mean... But but metal is truly melodic. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I'd say so. I would say so. It is the more melodic of the hardcore genres. Sure, but not necessarily always melodic. I'm not sure. saying always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's thrash metal. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not melodic yeah. at all. But that's it, interesting. That's an interesting uh, t- take on the whole thing. Uh, how do we get off on metal? Oh, was it uh, Metallica? We were talking, yes. about, we were talking yes. about how one that was of, talking we're about how everybody needs question. to check out yeah. that Death yeah. Magnetic so, record. Yeah, just to get yeah. Back Death to, Magnetic. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, just to get back to yeah. so shout out to Tyler Sibley on that Death Magnetic record. Just Bye. give just <laughs> It's my boy. Anyway, just give so. back to Sammy. And so ninety nine point nine that Fox plays a whole lot of Metallica and these heavier bands. Like what are what are some of your thoughts on like where metal has been going and where it is right now? Because we don't we don't see a whole lot of it right now aired. Well, I need to preface all of this with the fact Do it. That when I was a wee lass, mm. my brother is a uh, fantastic music history researcher. Okay. And so I grew up in my formative years driving a loop on the 495 Beltway of DC at two in the morning, <laughs> being grilled. Like he would play 30 seconds of a track and go, What metal genre is this? Mm. And so we had the breakdown of like, what type black of vocals, metal. what kinds of effects, is the blast beats, like death metal, uh, black metal, doom metal, sludge metal, permutations of all the, anyway, there's a lot to say about metal. I will say, I unfortunately never get on the Metallica train, even though, based on all of my peers, I really should have. I was like way more interested personally in the British wave of metal, like the British invasion, quote unquote, yeah. of metal at the time. Okay. Which is like your Iron Maiden and your Iced Earth mm-hmm. and a lot sure. of really cheesy bands. Slayer. But that was what I listened no, to not British. during the not. years <laughs> that I should have been listening to Metallica. And I was, you know, in school and had a bunch of friends who were guitar and bass players who were super into Metallica, but I always went, ah, whatever. Let me steal your coffee, and uh, I'll come back while you practice that riff. Mm-hmm. Um, but metal, metal is a very involved thing, which I am convinced still to this day that if you delve deep enough into the disambiguation of genre, all music is actually metal. You just need to find the correct <laughs> classification of it. Metal. I'm telling you, so metal. Because I was, um, I worked at the salvage yard. What is life? Did you work at the, the Jones big-ass salvage yard and whatever? 
Y'all seen that coming? <laughs> it wasn't that one, but we were the top <laughs> eBay seller. It was Heritage Auto Parts. Heritage Auto Parts. And eBay got us two tickets to go to Talladega. And I'm not a NASCAR fan. And I thought the you were going to tell me got you two tickets to Paradise. I mm. wish, yeah, I wish it was two tickets to Paradise, but it wasn't. We were going out to Talladega. <laughs> me and a co-worker. And we met up with a eBay guy, and we went out there, and we, had, we were on the N-Track. And so the way up there, I traded my music, what I enjoyed listening to, and on the way back... And he introduced me to so many different things. There was thrash metal, black metal, and like these metal genres that yeah. I'd never even heard of. I mean, all of a sudden, Three Doors Down wasn't your favorite band anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Funeral doom metal. And, yeah, exactly. Bongzilla. Three Doors Down was never a favorite band of mine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and like you want to talk about metal, and this guy was deep, and he was like, this is this Irish metal band. They call it. Irish pedal metal. I don't know what the hell that is, but play it. But I fucking love it. Yeah, Yeah, and so and so the whole way back Back to Talladega, I was I was getting a taste of a genre that I had never heard, and I would never have been exposed to if it wasn't for taking this guy to Talladega through work. And, and having the uh, open-mindedness to asking him what he liked as well. Yeah, because on the whole way up there, you know, I was a driver. It was my car. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I played what I man, wanted to play. I'm jamming the Goo Goo Dolls. Woo! Mm-hmm. That's right. So check this yeah. out. You know, look at, yeah. On the way home, he's like, here's Dave Palm Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of... Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> Oh tap! Yeah, are you into pig squeals now? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Oh, that black that black metal makes my like, skin on my my skin. It's crawl. really it's really all in the pitch and the reverb. Oh my out. gosh, the yeah. black metal! I mean, I can understand the death metal. I can understand the yeah, but that more than the high. That, I just I can't Still get it. Metal. I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Ah, well, whatever. It's empowering. Yeah. Yeah, they just kill each other though. And they you, like blow their brains out and put it on record covers. That's true. And you can eat You can eat brain stuff. soup if you want to. Yeah, Could no. you put some sweet reverb on my screams there on that post? Can you put sweet reverbs on everything I've said tonight? Come on, dude. So that buttery. is all poor Chunk has ever done. This like, I, don't I need know. that compression at like a two to one. Look, I want you to curl that look, reverb. Look, look, look. <laughs> Can you give me a sponsorship with Wiseacre? Well, guys. We gotta get up. Seven. Yes, sir. Dustin. Yo. Monk. <laughs> Looking back door. Hey, Monk, out there. Hey. It's been another episode of Porch Talk. Thank y'all so much for sitting in. <laughs> Roll time. News and notes. All right, this has been the fifth installment of Untapped in Vinyl, and it's been a good little series we had going on here, and you can hear all the fun that we're having with it. So I hope to continue to roll those out. On top of that, me and Big John, you may remember him from music festivals and disc golf. as an episode days gone by. You can find that about midways in the catalog. But this is going to be caught off the deep end, and it's going to be like conspiracy, half-truths, and just other nonsense. That's a lot of fun, too, and it's a lot different than anything else that we've done here. 
So also, Port Stalk is hitting the road this summer. So we'll be all over the southeast interviewing musicians and trying to rope in some entrepreneurs and inventors along the way. So that is all I have for news. Note-wise, here is Fuzzy and the Rust Belts with their song, Ship of Fools. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Peace out. Brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.